0: Hello everybody, this is Dr. Hamid Elmir and I am the host of podcast with Dr. E. At this podcast, I sit with the world's experts in health, education, and community development to talk about current health challenges and ask them to share their experience, knowledge, and insights with all nations across the world so that we can learn from experts across the globe. Today, I have Dr. Sam Shea on the show. Welcome, Dr. Sam.
1: Thanks. Thank you for having me here.
0: It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Dr. Sam Shea, D.C., IFMCP, helps entrepreneurs and mompreneurs framework their expertise so they can scale their message and impact in the world and achieve personal financial freedom. Dr. Shea also coaches biohackers, entrepreneurs, and mompreneurs using advanced functional testing and genetic testing to increase energy, resilience, and creativity. Dr. Shea also does stand up comedy as a hobby and also a fun educational vehicle? I am p- sure that today's uh, show will be very interesting for myself and uh, for the audience. Thank you for your time, Dr. Shea.
1: Thanks, Dr. Hamid, I'm glad you're here. And um, just, uh, you know, full disclosure, uh, I, I love chatting and educating. And sometimes I kind of go on a roll. And if at any time, interrupt me I see a guitar in the corner there just just hit a minor chord to uh, interrupt me or or point (laughs) at it or something and I'll know to 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 reel it back a bit so yeah
0: yeah so well most of the time thanks for mentioning that most of the time the um, guest speakers are you know pretty much good on keeping the time you know in mind but I'll be just probably pointing if I each time I pick up the guitar that'll be a little time consuming so I'll be just pointing when I point to the guitar that's like Okay, well, okay, you have a backup. If one. you start
1: leaning out of your chair to grab the guitar, I, that's that's a much bigger visual cue than, than you pointing at it. So I'll just well, we can, <laughs> you can you can escalate as needed. How's that?
0: <laughs> nice. We'll be fine. Um, so let's get started with the very first question, which is kind of like personal question I asked the um, guest speakers, and um, that is your why. And could you please tell us why you do what you do?
1: Sure. I make no secret about. My, my background story when, when I'm interviewed. Like, uh, I mean, first off, I, I came from a family of doctors, both my parents are doctors. My grandfather was a very famous doctor. Uh, he was the founding director of the Fells Cancer Research Center at Temple University, um, published over 300 articles. And my, my father published two books, is a MacArthur Fellow in the field of moral injury and PTSD. And I thought I was gonna be a medical doctor, but what happened was that at six years old, my parents had a, a nu- what I call a nuclear divorce and me and my sisters were caught in the blast radius. And it was, it was a terrible, terrible divorce. And on top of that, you know, there was a lot of bullying and humiliation and a fair bit of violence at school. And so I had an emotional war zone at home and a physical um, war zone at school which led me to, at age six, starting at age six, to develop severe crippling insomnia for over 12 years, about 12 years, Um, uh, a sugar addiction, screen and video game addiction, uh, terrible digestive problems, embarrassing ones, uh, low mood depression, anxiety, a lot of physical pain from the untreated injuries from school, as well as uh, terrible posture from sitting at desks all day, and then in front of television, video games, the other parts of the day, and I also there was a bunch of other stuff that I just had that was kind of low-grade unwellness that all synergized and synthesized together without any overt, you know, glaring pathology. Because my both my parents were medical doctors, they were looking for overt pathologies, not kind of diffuse multiple tri- triangulating issues all converging together. Mm. And I was basically told it's in my head and to get on psychiatric medication as opposed to deal with root cause. And mm. my, I had made a decision as a teenager to, um, I've, I've got to fix this myself or I'm just going to quit. And I discovered uh, natural medicine as a teenager and that basically change the trajectory of my life where I saw that I, I can actually change my physiology, change my physicality, change my brain, change my biochemistry, as opposed to being informed that it was, you know, bad luck or bad genes or bad, you know, just I have a, I have bad mood and, and only drugs are the way to make me numb out. So I wouldn't be basically a bother to other people. And from that, I just studied everything I possibly could. I went, and, and I just want to be clear to the listeners, like I'm not bagging Western medicine. I just think like it was misapplied in my particular case. I just want to make that very clear. Right. Uh, Western medicine and natural medicine can get along. In fact, I, I think functional medicine is that bridge point between natural and Western. Right. And to, just to give a context for both the lay public as well as the clinicians listening, Western medicine was primarily born out of military medicine, where, you know, triage, where the symptom was the problem. Like you didn't have on the battlefield, you didn't have missing, you know, missing arm disease or bleeding eye syndrome. Mm-hmm. You had acute emergencies that need to be stabilized. Mm-hmm. The, the issue with Western medicine, where it goes too far, is that it globalized and catastrophized everything into uh, an emergency and if it's not bad enough to be an emergency, then it's all in your head, take a drug to, in, in, in a psychiatric. Room. And only in right. natural medicine had all the brilliant lifestyle interventions in order to help people be preventive, have preventive and to right. not only be, prevent from getting sick, but also become optimal. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the challenge with uh, natural medicine is we didn't always have all the scientific analytical toys and tools right. to be able to really get targeted. And so the bridge is functional medicine we have the, where I define it as the best of Western medicine diagnostics with the best of natural medicine, lifestyle and nutrition interventions. Mm-hmm. And to me, Western medicine's real gift is emergency care. True, absolute gift. If, if they're like the fire department, if they get there in time and don't screw up, you can save the life of the house, you know, but right. uh, there's not that many tools in natural medicine for true emergencies There are a couple, but it's very specific to this particular emergency.
0: Um, and Doctor, Alex, I have, I, to, um, I have mm-hmm. to interrupt you for a second. Sure. But I wanted to point to the, <laughs> the yeah. guitar, but I do have a question about the, uh, you know, the role of functional medicine, which when it comes to how you integrate functional medicine into conventional medicine. Um, later on, I'll be definitely asking you that question specifically, so that the audience can learn more about it and you know mm-hmm. how important it is, especially for clinicians and, you know, um, doctors and healthcare providers to integrate all these, you know, amazing, um, branches of, of medicine into conventional mm-hmm. medicine. Um, yeah, but, but again, going back to the, just summarize the, um, the motivation behind your, your why is actually basically that you have experienced something. And then that led into like, you know, researching and, and studying more about, how can you get out of that situation?
1: Yeah, um, including including two addictions. Like I was addicted to sugar, I was addicted to video games. Right. And um, and right now the, the big why is I went through a tremendous amount of 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 suffering, you know, as a child, just dealing with all of this stuff and and not having really meaningful effective support for the first 12 years. And mm-hmm. so by gathering all these different tools and and degrees and trainings, whether it's becoming a, a doctor of chiropractic, um, got a degree in acupuncture when I lived in New Zealand, becoming mm-hmm. an IFMCP, the, the, to unpack that little word, that the, was, acronym, yeah. word salad,
0: yeah. Institute
1: for Functional Medicine Certified Practitioner. So ifm.org is the main institution. I'm also a certified Kalish practitioner for the Kalish Institute for Functional Medicine. Mm-hmm. I used to be a functional neurologist with the American College of, of Um chiropractic neurology. And uh, I had to study all, and I've been studying naturopathic nutrition for over 20 years. And I I basically had to learn all these different fields and now also genetics Mm -hmm. in the past five years, six years, um, because I found that for people who are struggling chronically and also for people who are trying to be optimal, like biohackers or life extension enthusiasts or whatever human potential people, whatever you want to call themselves, entrepreneurs, um there's there's what i found 10 major components that go into health not one or two Mm -hmm. and i was chasing magic bullets trying to get Mm -hmm. better and that what i've launched into teaching because i saw that people become you know magic bullet therapists Mm -hmm. you know whether it's you know what's the latest goji berry juice to squirt up your nose or the, the latest fasting technique or the latest breathing technique or the, the latest diet or nootropic or, or whatever thing that people hear on a podcast, read in a book, see on a television show, or read in a magazine, mm-hmm. that it all sounds really great and wonderful and amazing and effective. And everyone needs this now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just, it's magic bullet therapy. And I came up with the 10 pillars of health
0: yeah, and so teaching you, it. Yeah. Could you please tell us about that? Because I was reading also about the, um, the 10 pillars of health on your website and as we know like you know we first made also in the MindShare one of the events that, you know for healthcare providers and um it was amazing that when i read about you and in your bio also the um you're helping entrepreneurs and mompreneurs which is a new word also for right. um, a great one um to framework and also you you do have um amazing contacts and uh, sorry contents for um, laypersons as well as for for um, you know professionals. And can you just yeah please tell us a little more about the um, the ten pillars of health and what is it exactly? Just break it down for us. Sure. The audience. So
1: if you could enable sharing, I think then yeah, I'll I think I'll actually can... put up on screen. If people are just listening, I'll be able to explain it. But people are watching okay. the video, will have a a uh, visual for people.
0: Okay. You can try it now. Yeah. There we go.
1: Perfect. All right. So, um, so there's a lot of converging things that we're discussing all at once. So like the intersection of like how I came to this model was a combination of my personal journey and also working with clients, particularly those that were severely unwell, like, uh, in chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, autoimmune hormone dysregulation and Mm -hmm. stubborn waking that wouldn't go away, usually in the same person. And what I found was that when I reflected on my own past. And I looked at also the chronic uh, people I was working with their suffering chronically, they had 10 specific areas or pillars of health that they were struggling. And the real observation after just reviewing all these cases was that the people who are struggling the most had a minimum seven out of 10 pillars crumbling, which explained why the magic bullet therapy wasn't working. Because a lot of these people would go from one product to one protocol to one practitioner mm-hmm. to the next and not get lasting results that they wanted. Because if you're sitting on seven tacks and you remove two of them, you're technically healthier but you don't feel any better and you're certainly not all the way better. So most clinicians really specialize in one to three pillars like really well and are good at another three and not so much with the other four. And which three, which three and which four varies wildly between practitioners. So so if someone's got seven or more that are pillars that are crumbling, uh, then they're going to be struggling. And then also for the people who are the aspirational biohacker, entrepreneur, human potential, etc., cetera, they get so fixated on one or two pillars, like really hyper-focused. And it's the same 80-20 principle. Like they're putting 20, 80% of their effort into something, one pillar, when they really need to find the pillar that's the weakest and spend most of their time building that, that up. Mm-hmm. So I found the model works for whether someone's chronically unwell to someone who's aspirational and if, so they live in optimal health. So okay. the 10 pillars are um, brain and hormones, the uh, brain, bowel, body, burst, biotoxins, bionutrients, breakfast, bothers, bugs, and bedtime. Those are the 10. You'll notice the alliterations and alliteration yeah. is so- one of the methods of
0: frameworking and it's uh, it's uh, amazing that uh how you just came up with all of them starting with b which is makes it the 10 b's and that's very um you know great way to remember for people.
1: well it was the 10 s's but one of the s words was a little uh, uh controversial so brain was synapse bedtime was sleep bugs uh-huh. was symbiosis bothers was stressors breakfast was starting meal uh-huh. bio nutrients was sustenance biotoxins uh-huh. with synthetics burst was speed training, body was structure, and bowel was. <laughs> I, now, I did that in a conference full of medical doctors and naturopaths. <laughs> and someone from the audience blurted out the four letter S <laughs> word you know, in a big question mark inflection. And I just, the whole room just burst out laughing because I, I caught, I like laid the trap and she just walked right into it. <laughs> All right. So I went with the B option. Mm-hmm. Um, So what, so as a, as a, as, as a teacher, like I really want to make the model inviting and easy to grasp and memorable. So you'll see, you know, in terms of frameworking, there's alliteration, there's numbers, the 10 of this, the seven of that, the the five of this, whatever it may be, there's colors involved, there's geometry involved. Um, It's, it's, it's combining multiple framework styles together, which I'll get into more. There's six specific frameworks, Mm -hmm. something I love doing for, clinicians, and also for anyone else out there who's an entrepreneur, right. I, I have a gift for taking knowledge and mm-hmm. synthesizing it, sifting through it, and repackaging it as a usable framework. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love doing it, and it comes naturally to me. So I I framework other people's content to scale their impact and their income. Right. Uh, a special focus in health entrepreneurs, because that's that's my main area of expertise right. but I've done it for other fields whether it's a singer a psychologist a martial artist I've done it for some other people as well and um the the reason why I made this framework is because one it helps me think as a clinician mm-hmm. it also helps my clients take their own power like like they become empowered in their own health journey mm-hmm. because now they can see oh I've done too much of this and not enough focus on that or I see, oh, this is where this happened and this is where that didn't happen. So for example, like in these 10 pillars, we've got brain and hormones. So that's adrenal thyroid and and estrogen toxicity or estrogen dominance is the three main main issues we look at. Bowel, the second pillar, by the way, that's also my hidden sense of humor, number two for Mm -hmm. bowel, going number two. So yeah, little nerd joke snuck in there into the visual (laughs) framework. Bowel is about digestion and elimination and the best supplement on the planet i'll tell you right now the number one best supplement ever i found Mm -hmm. across all people across all time in all situation is chewing Mm. chewing chewing is the best supplement why because it helps you absorb all the food you've eaten more and helps your digestion everything chewing is bar none the best supplement you can have right um and I know that may sound really simplistic, but you have to understand, like I practice in New Zealand and there's, there wasn't a lot of access to all the fancy toys, et cetera, that mm-hmm. you could could have in a lot of health practices. So I had to learn how to MacGyver, you know, a lot of these things to help people just be able to get better as quickly as possible. It may sound real simple, but people don't, what's that Simpson line? Like, like Homer Simpson, he, he eats like a pig and Lenny corrections actually, you know, he eats more like a duck, pigs tend to chew And the cuts to an image of Homer, just like swallowing a whole sandwich whole without even like a duck with his head lifted up. (laughs) Anyway, so bowel and digestion. I remember I had very bad bowel and digestive problems growing up. So that was a real, uh, I'm one of the few docs that's happy to talk about people's bowel functions, Mm. physical body and structure. This is uh, head injuries, spinal misalignments, poor posture, untreated accidents, bad dental work. As well as genetics. Now, the reason I put genetics in body is because of the phenomenon called identical twins. Mm -hmm. They have the same body because they have the same genes. So I do do advanced genetics analysis called functional genetics, where I look at patterns, not chase after specific individual genes. That's a whole separate discussion. And I have a a new ebook out that I just uh, published on my website on that. If people want to know about genetics, they can just go to my website, uh, Mm drsamshay.com, and... um, they can find access. They can just get free access to that, as well as the other ebook um, on biohacking and the ten pillars of health that will have this ten pillars model more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. So genetics is in body. Burst is burst exercise and movement. Now exercise can be a dirty word or a trigger word to some people. So I prefer to use the word movement. Mm-hmm. And you know, duration, consistency, variety. Um, type, quality, intensity, like there's all sorts of different things for movement. Not, not a big fan of jogging or marathoning rather. In fact, I have an article on my blog, diplomatically entitled Why Marathoners Look Like Cancer Patients. Mm. And uh, I can, I know, I, I grew up outside Heartbreak Hill and I can watch all these marathoners look, you know, jog by looking gaunt, looking awful. Um, and there's reasons for that having to do with excessive cortisol dumping, eroding away muscular tissue. Uh, scavenging for fuel but you know people can read about that on on the article uh so i'm a big fan of walking and movement and as well as high intensity interval training uh, and there's mm-hmm. specific ways to do high intensity interval training safely um so fifth pillar include-
0: biotoxins okay, that so encompasses the if you break it down also for people who are i mean audience who are just listening and uh, not seeing the video um basically you divided the whole framework into three major parts right mm-hmm. which is the physical part biochemical and then the mental and emotional which is um now you just covered the part which was the physical part that yeah bowel and body and body first exercise yeah okay. poop
1: your structure and movement that's physical biochemical will break down into biotoxins which is everything toxic for you synthetics off-gassing petrochemicals heavy metals Uh, Gluten is a major toxin for a lot of people, things that, um, what you breathe, things in the water, uh, everything that's toxic for you that weakens you. And bio nutrients is everything you need to sustain life. So that's not just minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, vitamins, and so on. It's actually also sunlight and oxygen because you metabolize those also. Uh, Breakfast is, uh, I found that in clinically, the 99% of my chronically ill patients and clients had Mm -hmm. terrible breakfast. And that was my first ebook was on breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I know this, you know, it's very faddish right now to skip breakfast because you're intermittent fasting. I really would rather people skip dinner and not skip breakfast because the cortisol, your cortisol levels keep going up unless you eat in the morning. And I would rather you eat a solid breakfast and skip dinner. Mm -hmm. And Uh, Breakfast is also a bookmark for morning and evening routines because a lot of people who are unwell don't have really solid morning and evening routines and the the most unhealthy class of clients I've ever worked with as a profession have been night shift nurses, Mm -hmm. like the most unhealthy and it's, they've got all these 10 pillars and spades but the one that's just throws everything off by 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 a full log like just a full standard deviation just just off. Mm-hmm. is that their rhythms and routines are totally all over the place because they're just their schedules are just Tetris together day-to-day, week-to-week. So uh, routine is very, very important. Um, I wouldn't wish nighttime nursing upon anybody because it's just so destructive in the long term. Um, bothers is the eighth pillar now in the mental-emotional. That's stressors of all types, F- financial, emotional, uh, marital relationships – Uh, watching the news is a stressor, Um, clutter, that's why Marie Kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying up is is very popular. Uh, All types of stressors, electromagnetic fields for certain people uh, are bundled in this as well. well. Community stress or lack of community, loneliness, isolation, uh, the, the the, the social stressors that people experience, that's pillar number eight. Pillar nine is bugs or hidden infections so that's hidden infections in the gut. It doesn't matter if you're in a Western country. I've done, I don't know how many hundreds of stool tests, hundreds and hundreds, like the people can get hidden infections in their gut. Um, there's also mold, which is an external infection coming in. This is when I was in New Zealand it was mold central. You're we tiny islands surrounded by a lot of water and bad construction. There's mold everywhere. And I put bugs in the mental emotional because people's brain and moods change when they have an infection. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I didn't put bugs with bowel because of the mold phenomenon, because it was a, an infection coming in from the outside, not just something that housed in the gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, bedtime is, of course, the last pillar being sleep. So right. quality, duration, consistency, depth. So that's the 10 pillars of health. And this is what I do clinically, yeah. is that when I work with clients, I, I analyze their 10 pillars and the, the, the very long you know, health survey intake is broken up intentionally into these 10 pillars. So it becomes Mm -hmm. self educational also for the person going through it, Mm -hmm. uh, that they can see what falls under what pillar. Now, the way this relates back to um, what, if you're a lay public or a clinician, remember uh, whatever you've learned in the past about health, whatever you're learning now, whatever you will learn into the future, you can now contextualize and slot into each one of these pillars appropriately. So you no longer gonna risk becoming a, a goji berry fanatic Uh like that's gone goji berries will land quite nicely in the bio nutrients pillar and you can see how people become a fanatic over goji berry juice they get stuck there now it can work for some people if all nine of their other pillars were like at 70 plus percent but their bio nutrients that happen to be the specific nutrients that were in goji berry juice that were they're like 30 percent. they take their goji berry juice suddenly they feel amazing Because they brought the one pillar that was really low up to meet the other ones and they feel great. Then they start build a business around goji berry juice, you know, and they think it's the one true magic health way everyone needs. And so you can see why the magic bullet therapy enthusiasts really, they're they're being authentic, but for people who have multiple pillars, particularly seven or more that are crumbling, it's not going to work unless it's in synergy with all these other things now. One thing else about creating a framework is that you start to see patterns within patterns. So there are four pillars here that actually can be sledgehammered, not just crumble over time. So by sledgehammer, um, I was sitting in neurology class in chiropractic school and one of my instructors did a lot of litigation work as an expert witness. And he said in major car accidents, the insurance companies want to settle as quickly as possible because the major onset of symptoms happen about two years after the fact because your body's used up all of its nutrition to fight the inflammation and the other damage. And then you're left basically nutritionally void. And suddenly all the weird stuff starts showing up. And I sat in class is literally 2005. I sat in class as he was saying this. huh, if that's true for a physical head on collision, I wonder if that's true for a chemical head on collision, or an emotional head on collision as well. Not only was that true vetted in practice, but it's also an infectious head-on collision. So pillar number three, physical, which is the car accidents, violence, sports injuries, that's a, that can be a sledgehammer. Pillar number five, biotoxins, that can be a chemical sledgehammer. You're exposed to heavy petrochemicals, oil fields. I have clients who worked in oil fields or on rigs, wow. uh, major pesticide exposure, whatever it may be, if they're uniquely vulnerable to it, heavy metals, whatever, that can be a sledgehammer bothers, you get a, a, you get a, a legal notice, you, you get a divorce, you, your child gets sick or dies, or a parent dies, or you, you get fired, or something happens in the world. And then bugs, you know, saw it over and over again, people would get sick, and then a couple months, they'd recover, and then a couple months later, they develop chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia symptoms. And what happened was that within, when I look at someone who's chronically unwell, I look for these four sledgehammers within two years of the onset of their chronic issues. Mm-hmm. Did they have a major accident, a chemical exposure, a major stressor, or an infection within two years of the onset of their chronic issues with the background of five, six, seven other pillars crumbling mm-hmm. also in the background. So it, 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 it finally, pieces started coming together. And this is one of the benefits of that framework. Because one, I could explain it to a client really easy see how you get all these things based and then you have this one or two events uh-huh. and then within two years and it's like it maps on almost always so um this is the value of, of the framework right. Right. um yeah
0: so th- thank you dr um sam for mentioning that and especially sharing this screen for people who are you know watching the video it's the visual as it's you know as it the expression goes like, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And um, the way that you put it, it's really interesting that, you know, you broke it down into chunks and then three different parts. And then all those letters starting with the the same letter, all all those words and makes it a, a lot easier for people to remember. And um, it also reminds me of my medical school when I was trying to um, make some acronyms of definitions and things right, right. of the things. Um, so you, all, <laughs> you, um, yeah, you mentioned about these things and I, when you were talking about breakfast, I, considering the time into consideration, uh, we only have like another 10 minutes. I do have a whole bunch of questions to want to ask you, but I wanted to... Um, also, jump on the, um, the your background in comedy, which is really interesting, especially when it comes to medical field, which is really a, a you know a kind of very serious <laughs> profession. But how can you uh, end it that? But before that, I just wanted to mention that culturally, also, you know, things that happen in people's lives um, culturally affects their health. For example, in many of the eastern uh, part of the world, like you know, eastern countries. Um, the breakfast um, as you just mentioned that dinner is actually the bigger uh, meal of the day and the reason behind that is a lot of people would be ignoring the breakfast or not having enough nutrients and you know uh, quality food in the breakfast but they will be having everything heavy in the dinner time because, you know, people, um, members of the family, especially who are working, right. would be all coming back home, you know, getting around, yeah. uh, around the table and having that. Uh, but just, uh, you know, if you can um, exit from the... Um...
1: Let, me, let me just kind of speak to that real quick. So that there's, right. there's always there's an always interplay between what is optimal for biochemical health versus mental emotional health. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not an absolutist that people should not have dinner like I have dinner like it's just if right. we're talking about ideal versus ordeal and yep. as, as if people to me it's more important people have social connection family time friend time etc people come together at dinners right um then it is to be super optimal about you know their breakfasts and whatnot and and yep. it's always a balance you know yep. I, I've had one person who was a marathoner But he was really depressed, except when he was out there doing his 5Ks. He's outside. He's in the sun. He's with his running buddies. And I said, okay, the bigger issue here is your mood. Go do your running, but do these couple things to buttress against some of the damage of long-term jogging. Might do like sprint at the end, do these other things, et cetera. So it's always, as a clinician, you always got to balance the ideal with the ordeal. Right.
0: Yeah, in, and directly in line with you, what you just said, I totally agree with you on the, um, you know, the importance of breakfast. And I, the reason I mentioned that is because some people do that, not even knowing about it or not, not having enough information, which meal of the day is really important. So yes. I do agree that the breakfast is the most important and should be actually people and families should focus on that more um And if they have to have, you know, uh, a little heavier, uh, try to not have the heavier dinner. But if if so, then it should be a little eer- earlier, like you know, not earlier.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that. lighter and earlier if you're gonna have dinner. Correct. Yeah. I agree with that totally. All right. So, so if comedy. You so you, you want to ask me about the comedy?
0: Side uh, of it? absolutely. If you don't have any other screens uh, share here, I mean, the
1: only other screens to share just. Super briefly, like if people are interested in just if people are wanting to understand the different types of frameworks, and they can just go to myframeworker.com mm-hmm. and that's where they can see the whole presentation on the framework. So there's six different types of frameworks making numbers like 10 pillars of health, the four hours to repair a leaky gut, the seven habits of highly effective people, etc. Um, there's alliteration, which we went over like the the 10 b's of the 10 pillars of health the four r's of um dr bland's work uh colors uh different colors are very useful yin yang symbol being one of the most famous right color visual color differentiators as a framework out there uh there's clustering so grouping things together like i did with physical biochemical and emotional and when i look at genetics i cluster genetics together i don't seek after one i look at the What's the initiating inflammatory genes? What's the propagating inflammatory genes? What are the extinguishing of inflammation genes? So clustering is another method. Then there's acronyms, which is arguably the hardest one, where in my addiction model called TAME the Beast, because addiction is a beast on your back. And uh, Acronyms are the most difficult ones to put together, but they're extremely useful. And the last one is geometry. Uh-huh. Whether it's a yin yang symbol, a triangle of this, a square of that, the inverted inverted hypotenuse rhombus of so dodecahedron, goodness, whatever you know, uh-huh. like geometry is also a part. So those are the six uh-huh. major frameworks. Again, people can just go to okay. myframeworker.com yeah. and do the whole presentation. And and from there, I'd say around comedy, I got it. I've always loved comedy, uh-huh. but I, I found that it was invaluable and in a clinical setting because I. Uh-huh sometimes you have to deliver bad news mm-hmm. and uh or difficult news or, and comedy makes it much more palatable mm-hmm. and it's also makes you much more relatable and likable and being likable is actually a clinical imperative for a clinician and the reason why is that I, my first bachelor's degree was in psychosomatic medicine it was mm-hmm. basically it was a glorified pre-med degree with extra anthropology extra philosophy extra psychology and um a couple of odds and ends and Um, so I've been really interested in the placebo effect for a long time. And there was an article, I think it was New York times. I think it was early 2019 that described the placebo effect as basically how much you like and trust your doctor. Mm -hmm. And when, when that was illustrated, it made total sense because I've met some truly profoundly mediocre clinicians, just Mm -hmm. profoundly mediocre that got disproportionately good results. And that always bothered me. Why are they getting such good results? And Every single one of them was so damn likable. Mm. They were really, really likable. And then you've was, got these. That
0: actually, that was actually the question I wanted to ask. You know, why yeah. do you, you know, do you make such an effort to bring humor and comedy into your practice mm. to help your clients? And you just put, a, yeah, please go ahead.
1: I guess so it's it's so the placebo effect is how much you like and trust your clinician. Mm. And if someone is really likable, every time your client thinks of you, thinks of the recommendation, a diet protocol, a, a a thing to do a rehab whatever it is they're going to feel this like lightness you know you know this kind of lightness and ease of doing it but you know i've met some genius level clinicians whose protocols just glow i mean glow they're amazing right and they do not get the results they should because they have the personality of a doorstop and or worse and every time their client would think of them they get annoyed frustrated anxious worried you know, and so the client would hit a cortisol tinged glass ceiling of progress. So this is, this is the nocebo effect is that if the cl- clinician was unlikable or at least blah, the, the client is gonna butt up against the cortisol tinged glass ceiling for their health progress. So becoming likable is a clinical imperative for the benefit of your clients become likable. And when I read this article and I had a a history of some other comedy, like, and I was like, you know what? I really have to get back into it. And that's when I signed up for an improv class and a stand-up comedy class again. Mm. And I've just been doing it ever since. And, you know, from, from a business standpoint, comedy also helps.
0: You still do um, some comedy.
1: Oh, I do. Yeah. So people can go onto my YouTube, they can put in Dr. Sam Shea. There's a, I have, I have like 80 something videos on my YouTube channel. Mm. I think Ten of them are comedy clips from my stand-up routine. So, for example, um, I uh, I have I pretend to be David Attenborough narrating a National Geographic special inside a Boulder coffee shop, yeah. uh, as as what's the, the full voice, the actions, the stooped posture, etc. Um, you know uh, what what it's like. Um, how uh, Voldemort from Harry Potter is not. Is actually not a supervillain. He's just that mean girl from high school who needs a nose job. <laughs> uh, the real reason I don't drink alcohol, um, or the defini- or true, the real definition of kombucha, etc. So and a couple other things on that. So the the comedy, comedy is one that made my life better just intrinsically. I I like life a lot better, but it also helps my clients uh, uh, a lot.
0: Great. So, yeah, this is really interesting. It reminds me of the definition of health, but, you know, that health is not merely the absence of disease. It's just physical, mental, and social well-being, um, all, all the three important parts. And you put it really well in your uh, framework that you described it, and also, you know, just using your background in comedy and making things a little more humorous and, and interesting for your clients. And as you said, that just uh, being a likable practitioners or, or um, you know, health professional for your clients, especially when it comes to this hard time during this pandemic, a lot of people yeah. are, you know, having um, a hard time, regardless of, you know, some, some pre-existing conditions, but everybody is somehow suffering from the, um, you know, the, all the consequences of this pandemic. And um, <clears throat> being a, a little more, you know, humorous and and making, bringing some, some humor and, and, you um, Likability, of this, if there is a word <laughs> the, into your work is really important. And, and that makes um, your day go smoothly as well as your clients. Yeah. And yeah. So I totally agree with you. And, and thank you so much for, for, um, you know, your time and sharing your experience and knowledge with us today. I, I know you have amazing content and you uh, on your website as well as you on the presentations that I just uh, noticed, a lot of uh, you know amazing slides. We couldn't um, share them all with the audience because of the time limit. And um, I do want you to uh, please uh, share your how how you know audience can find you and more and learn more about your work. And um, sure. if you have any recommendations for them. So-
1: so the main my main website is drsamshay.com, D-R-S-A-M-S-H-A-Y.com. That's where you'll find my three uh, free ebooks. Uh that one on you've got on genetics, uh, on the ten pillars of health and biohacking, the other on breakfast and adrenal health. I also find information on my addiction models, particularly video game addiction. Uh, if people want to work with me personally, there's a contact page to schedule. Um, a, a, a free 15-minute chat at this, uh, at this time of our recording. Wow. Um, and then there's a YouTube channel where they have got over 80 videos, playlists ranging from genetics to mind-body techniques to um, my comedy playlist, which everyone should go and enjoy and just have a laugh. Uh, and then there's specifically to frameworking is myframeworker.com, uh, to all one word, myframeworker.com. Where I have this, you know, 50 plus slide presentation all recorded and people can get the notes to that presentation as well. If you're interested in frameworking your expertise into a usable model that then you could, you know, trademark, turn into a book, an online course, or even as a minimum, just make your practice a lot smoother and your marketing a lot more straightforward. So there's this um and there's also they could put my name, Dr. Sam Shea, into um the podcasts and stuff and things will pop up one funny thing about way back in the early days of practice if people put in my name um uh, my my information didn't come up but a porn star's name came up so i left some very awkward phone calls i'm kidding um so uh it's good so if you put the more you publish the less awkwardness is going to happen so the more you get on the front page of google of your own name it's worth doing
0: uh, well, thank you so much again, Dr. Sam, for um, being with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Okay. Thanks so much, Dr. Henry.
0: And dear audience, for more shows and amazing guests to speak about their experience and knowledge and insight, please stay tuned with Dr. E podcast. Thank you all and have a great day.